Since I've been a believer for many years, and I often have very little joy. I often battle depression and get down about the events that are happening around me. I know I'm supposed to keep my mind on eternal things, but it's hard when I'm constantly bombarded with bad news all around. My Christian life seems to ebb and flow, but mostly ebb. How can I get a different perspective? What about it, guys? Who wants that one? All right, I'll go first. Um, boy, I so appreciate your honesty. That's the thing I would say first. I meet so many people. Hey, how you doing? Great. I'm in Christ. Everything's great. They can never admit a struggle. So I'm proud of this person, whoever they are. And, you know, Tony, you could actually use your your name and, and you know, that you asked that question. We'll accept you. Um, but um, th- this dear person, what I would say to you, though, is you've got two issues here. Not one. You got two. Uh, first of all, you have a faith issue, a belief issue. Um You have joy. Jesus promised that. He said, I've come that your joy would be made full. So at the moment you put your faith in Christ and became a believer, you have his joy. And I think what's happening is you're confusing joy with happiness. And in our English language, happiness is from an old English word, hap which is circumstance. And so when I am having good haps, good happenings, then I feel happy. When I have bad happenings, I feel unhappy. But neither of those is joy. Joy is a gift from God in my spirit that is mine no matter what. Now, when I have good haps, then I have happiness in addition to my joy. But when I have bad haps, I have unhappiness at the same time I've got my joy. I liken it to cake and icing. Everybody likes cake and icing. Well, uh, joy is the cake. I always have my cake and cake is great. Uh, Good happenings and I've got icing on my cake. That's what I want. But when I have bad circumstances, well, I get cake with no icing, but I always have my cake. And so you have to make sure that you're not confusing what you feel in the soul with the reality of what God has promised. So here we are. This, let me put it this way. We as Christians live supernatural lives. We're not like the rest of the world. So I and you, we can have joy at the same time. We've got tears of sorrow streaming down our cheeks. Because the tears of sorrow are the unhappy circumstances, but we always have the joy. Uh, Unbelievers can't do that. Uh, They can cry the tears of of sorrow and unhappiness at their circumstances, but they can't have the joy at the same time. That's what we have. That's part one. The second part of it is you got to start believing that you have joy. The second is a vision problem. You said this person said they're looking at all the bad things around them. Hey, that's going to make you unhappy. (laughs) That's going to make you frustrated. Uh, That's going to make you fearful. And it's a vision problem. Uh, We've got to set our eyes on him. It's a great passage for this dear listener, whoever that was. Go to Lamentations 3. 
Uh, Jeremiah's sitting in the rubble of Jerusalem. Uh, the city's been burned to the ground. And he, he says, boy, everywhere around me, I see all this death and destruction and sorrow. Listen to his language. Remembering my affliction, remembering it all the day long. Where his eyes? His eyes are on all the destruction that's all around him. The next verse is the key. This I recalled in my mind. Great is the faithfulness of God. His mercies are new. He went from horizontal to vertical. And he says, I have joy and I have hope. Now, here's the key. None of the horizontal changed. <laughs> He's still sitting in the ashes and people are dead all around him. But he now has a different focus in life. And that's what we have to do. If you fix your eyes horizontal, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to have unhappiness coupled with your joy. But if you can get your eyes up, you can step away from some of that sorrow, fear, grief, and begin to experience more, here's the key words, of the joy you already possess. What about I totally you, Preston? Concur. Yeah, I totally concur. And uh, I was going to say at one point that we probably should come up with a definition of joy here. Good idea. And uh, perhaps, perhaps Jeremiah did a good job for it when he talked about, mm. okay, I'm going to take my eyes off of my circumstances, put my eyes vertically, as you said, Frank, great is your faithfulness, Father God. And so our joy has to do with uh, where we are, where we reside, uh, who God has declared us to be, who he is to us. These, these fundamental truths of the faith that have have come to us because of God's great faithfulness. And he has, he has sworn on his own name that he will be faithful uh, to mm. us. And uh, so, to that point, setting our minds on that uh, and doing so with deliberation and determination is essential for us, especially when we are uh, encountering the kinds of stressors that we are in our current world. Mm. Let me speak to that just a minute. Um, it is, it's very difficult uh, these days to open up your news feed and to scan through the, the news and not, uh, you know, just say, my soul and body, I'm going to lock the door and pull the window shades down and hide uh, because this is just ugly. So a couple of thoughts. Number one, the uh, media, the people putting those news feeds together, the stories, they have to have a conflict in order to have a story. And so it's a given that uh, when you read a story, there's going to be conflict in there or, you know, they either have conflict or they invent it. Otherwise, they don't have a story. Second of all, I, I am very careful about how much of that I look at. If there's something that I need in particular, then I go and dive into that. If there's something in particular that interests me about a story, then I will go look into that, and I will look at multiple sources on that, because uh, you can't believe anything that you're 
that you're reading uh, just straight up. You need to go verify it, uh, sadly. But that's the that's the state of where we are in our uh, in our news world. Uh, but then, second of all, uh, a lot of this stuff. When I look at it, I just you know, I just pass right on by it. I just think, okay, I don't need to know about that. That's not something I need to worry about. So, for example, there's uh, in my newsfeed. Have no idea why this is, but in my newsfeed. There's something every day about uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Henry, and how, why they're unhappy, and you know, blah blah blah. And you know, there's some people that really need to know about that. Some people really interested in it. I look to see did either one of them die? No, I'm fine. I'll just move on and just skim skim right on past that because it all. It all boils down to kind of managing your your mind, if you will, and what you want to focus on. So passages of scripture, there's a lot in the in the Bible about managing your mind. Passages that say, set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. Set your mind where Christ is, seated in the heavenly places. Uh, whatever things are lovely and pure and of good repute, etc., let your mind dwell there. Um, and so forth. So um, the other thing I would mention there, you say that you've had a lifelong struggle with depression. And um, so a couple of thoughts there. There are some, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there's some good resources for um, you that you might look into. Things like a book by... Uh, Bill Gillum, called Lifetime Guarantee. Uh, his wife is that, Preston? wrote a book called uh, Confident Woman. And uh, Annabelle uh, struggled with uh, depression throughout uh, a lot of her life. And so she wrote about that. And in her case, her depression was directly tied to the patterning that she had for low self-esteem. And so as she began to understand her identity in Christ, then that became the antidote for her depression. A second idea is that if this is incapacitating to you, then that's one of the reasons that God invented doctors. So go talk to one of those people and uh, explain what you're up against. That said, the vast majority of cases of depression are circumstantial and can be greatly affected by what you read, what you listen to, what you do with your body. So get out and walk, you know, uh, et cetera. Eat right, sleep right, and so forth. So, Tony, I don't want to drag sure. this out, but press spurred my brain a little bit. And I think, you know, this is such a big issue for so many people. I was just on a college uh, campus uh, not long ago and was told that statistically over 50% of those kids on the campus were struggling with depression. This is a big issue. Uh, press brought up doctors and medicine. You know, it's fascinating, but everybody knows Proverbs 31 as the godly woman chapter, right? Hey, Proverbs, oh, the godly woman chapter. Did you know in verses five and six, the Holy Spirit said, give wine 
to those who were hurting and strong drink to those who mourn. You say, that's in the godly woman chapter? Yeah, it sure is. And, you know, that's simply the ancient world's Prozac and Valium and Lithium, you know, all those kinds of things, and Xanax. Uh, and the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, this is a tough world, and it's okay to get a little bit of help uh, through that tough world sometimes. But again, like Press said, a lot of it is circumstantial. You don't want to be on that for life unless your body doesn't produce enough chemical you, that you'd have to be. But get to a doctor and don't let religious Christians come back to you and say, well, you know, if you were really trusting Christ, you wouldn't need that help because the Holy Spirit put that in the godly woman chapter. Um, <laughs> a second thought, Preston, I, I went blank for a minute. Um, come on. I was going to say something. About what you I offered up nothing but good. I didn't offer anything. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, media. The media, that's what it was. Do you realize if we were living in biblical times right now, we would not know what is going on in Korea. We wouldn't know what's going on in Russia. We wouldn't know what's going on in China. We wouldn't know the European common market, prices, financial. We wouldn't know anything beyond our little scope of probably 15, 20 miles uh, because news just didn't travel. Uh, we've been set up in this technological age. And as far as press said about the news being negative, uh, I was taking my daughter to a doctor because, you know, rare disease. We were heading up to Washington and a big old plane and then electrical fire dropped that puppy into a municipal airport. We're first off the thing. We're in the terminal. The newspaper reporters come up, stick a mic under my chin, television camera rolling. What happened? I said, well, there's an electrical fire in the cockpit. Anybody heard her kill? I said, no. And they went, no story. <laughs> no story. That guy landed that plane on a municipal airport. That was a miracle. But there again, there's just some personal testimony. They're looking for anything they can to sell advertising and bad news sells. <laughs> <laughs>